palatial void line in the middle of the internet is diabilic die how are you i'm stuck in the void oh i'm here now i'm here it's about time that we talked about some stuff uh there's been a lot of video gaming news happening recently we had uh just in the past week as of this recording we had a partner nintendo showcase we had the full final announcement of the ps5 and when that's all happening and i'm Microsoft did a thing too, I think. Uh, no, they they announced like their new system, the Series S, the, the the little one. They announced the little one. But I know out of all that, exactly what you are hoping to uh, get to to discuss to tackle today. So I won't take up any more of your time, Di. Hey, Di, what you hoping to play? Listen, here's what I'm hoping to play. All right, so. I think you laughed at me when I said they were going to announce Final Fantasy VI during the PS5 showcase. But here's the thing. The night before that, I accurately predicted that the the Nintendo Partner Showcase Direct would be happening, and I was correct. So I have found a couple of sources and a couple of source leaks that you actually should be listening to. One of them is because, you know, because of the Partner Direct is the... Um, the, the way that they update the website and the way that they archive uh, that type of thing, that they archive it between two weeks and two days of a new direct. And that has been pretty consistent for the last several Nintendo directs. So that's where I got that from. And I, you know, like I looked it up. I am always going to be a sucker for gaming rumors because I love it. I love being let down. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and I love when I'm right. But the Final Fantasy 16 one, that was a bunch of pieces of the puzzle together that I was finally ready to be like, okay, yeah, this is definitely happening. And I kind of knew. I was blown away when they showed it first. And when they said Shiva, I like shit myself a little bit. But then <laughs> when I saw Chocobo, like I started screaming and I didn't even know I was screaming. My husband was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. Um, it you know what? It was the only thing that I thought was a little dumb was, or like it's the sixteenth. They were supposed to announce this in June, and it's September sixteenth. So they're gonna do it. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's it was the all, all the other puzzle pieces together, which I won't talk about. Who cares? Who cares about them now that we have this? So what I've done is I've taken a full analysis of the trailer, and I would love to talk to you about it. Let's hear it. So here's the thing. We always have a, a the summons in Final Fantasy. We have, like, they're called a bunch of different things. Espers, summons. This time they're calling them icons. E-I-K-O-N-S. I believe that's what they call them in 14, the MMO. Ooh. And, yeah. So it's it looks like, so based on what I have compiled of this list and reading the closed captioning just to, like, double check. We have our new MC, our new main character. We don't know his name, but we know that he is acting as shield to the Archduke's son, whose name is Joshua. Joshua is the dominant of Phoenix, the icon Phoenix, right? So it looks as if they're 
going to be one person there's like one person who controls each icon now so that's what a dominant is so the there is a guy in the trailer that when ifrit shows up he says second icon of fire impossible so something that i thought of is why why is it a problem that there's going to be a second icon of fire i think that each elemental is the only elemental that is there and Due to what they said about the war and how their foe wouldn't relinquish their mother crystal easily, it means there's multiple crystals. It means that... I, I don't know. Can you really have a Final Fantasy game with crystals in it? Yes, you absolutely, absolutely can. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if, if you've ever played a Final Fantasy game before, but there's multiple crystals! <laughs> Wait, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, Lots of crystals. There are uh, crystal chronicles, if you will. Um, we can chronicle all of these crystals if you want. <laughs> so here's the thing. I think that, and I would be absolutely delighted, and this is just, this is just, but apparently there's a blight upon the land. And when when Joshua's mother comes out to get him, she's covering her mouth, and she tells Joshua that he shouldn't be outdoors. Now, if there's a blight on the land, and she's covering her mouth, and she doesn't want to be outdoors, let me just tell you, Maybe there's COVID. <laughs> Maybe this is Final Fantasy 16 COVID. Uh, there, probably there not. <laughs> probably not. But um, a, a couple things of note, which I think there's warring factions, and they're talking about wars, and they're talking about only only having only being able to have one icon that's an elemental of this certain type. So it seems to me is because they're also trying to go get Shiva's dominant. It seems to me that there are four different factions that are at war, and they each have a crystal, and the crystal has something to do with the icon, and then there's a dominant who is you know it's master or something like that. And I think that's so insanely cool. So it looks like, you know, Phoenix, you do remember Phoenix from all the final fantasy games. It's more of a healing type of fire. So a guy comes down like a guy of fire. And it looks like if it's dominant, I would assume there's blood everywhere. So it looks like this might be one of our first mature rated final fantasies, which is amazing. It just, just crazy, crazy, crazy. What else do I have? Uh, oh, we also have an. I was uh, excited to see that new director on the 16, who appears yes. to have like some experience from like 14 and like Dragon's Dogma and Devil May Cry 5, which is yes. like, oh, that's cool. Maybe I'd be more interested in a new Final Fantasy if like, you know, 7 Remake had really good combat. And if this one also had really good combat, I was like, all right, okay. Tell me more. Right. And Yoshi P just doesn't have experience with 14. He was the one who resurrected 14 with all the bad parts of it happened. He's the one who, you know, brought it back to life and like saved it. And now they're saying it's one of the best MMOs ever made. And that's so insanely cool because he mostly did that around, you know, because of the story structure. And, you know, we all love our Final Fantasy because of story structure. But I, I was extremely excited. I know everyone like bitches about anything new if it's if it's not set in like a neo futurist steampunk world people are mad but if it's not medieval then people are mad and like if it's not turn-based people are mad if it is turn-based people are mad like no one is happy and everyone just wants to shit on everything all the time but let me just say yeah isn't it great (laughs) i mean here's the thing i was like that with 15 
mean. I, I didn't like outwardly shit on it. I just really wanted to hate it. And I didn't. I loved it so much. And, uh, you know, like it had f- the biggest holes ever. Like, oh my God. I think the list of things wrong with it and just wrong with that whole production is longer than the things good about it. But I still loved it. And so, you know, I don't care. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to love it. I'm just going to love it. And they, they can exploit me all they want. And I'm just going to keep loving it. So it's okay. I'm really excited about this one. Because it seems to have, it's it's going back to the roots of, like, old Final Fantasy. It's, you know, like, it's really making, people are like, oh, it's drab. It's like, it looks like The Witcher 3. And it's like, did you guys play Final Fantasy way back in the day? Like, that's the kind of world that we're coming from. Uh, the main character ages, so it's probably going to be epic. And listen, I know that they change, like, you know, they come out with these trailers, and then they change a lot of things. but. The source of the rumors that, you know, were saying that it was going to be re- revealed at the, you know, on on the September 16th at the PS5 showcase. They were also saying that the project is much further along than a lot of people know. And I believe that after seeing the trailer. So it probably doesn't change that much at the end of the day. And we are going to get more information in 2021, they said. It doesn't sound out of the question that it could be out by holiday 2021. That's kind of what I was guessing. I think one more thing I want to mention about it is the coolest thing is your main character, after a while, it shows gameplay. It shows uh, with the type of melee attacks that a red phoenix wing comes out of you and then a titan fist comes out of you. And... If you can somehow control the icons and then get their power, that is just one of the coolest things that I've ever heard in the in concept of like this whole world that they've created. And I know they didn't give us a lot of information. And I really was just like desperately like watching the trailer like, you know, 16 times <laughs> just to get every bit of information I could out of it. And I just I think that it's going to be amazing. So I give it a 10 out of 10. <laughs> And that's the game's score. That's the game's official score. And I have a, I have a question for you. What do you think about the Amano logo? Looking good. Looking good. It looks great. It looks great, doesn't it? Uh-huh. All right. I would like to hear all of your thoughts about this. I need to know a little bit more about what they plan to do with like the plot and the characters. Like it didn't feel that cohesive yet, which is fine. Like that's, you know, too many times nowadays you'll see like film trailers, film trailers where it's like in a world where ducks walk on their wings, there's the wingmaster, and now the wingmaster is going to venture across the country. And so you don't have to reveal everything up front. I was just like, okay, it's kind of like medieval timey. Yeah, really, the the thing that stuck out to me was the combat. Like I didn't know, like I I suspected it was Final Fantasy. I didn't know it was Final Fantasy until I saw the Marlboro. But then when I saw it. I was like, whoa, that dude is like running around and like jumping and cutting stuff. Like that doesn't feel like any Final Fantasy I know. So I guess I want to know more about where that's going and uh, like just who you're going to meet along the way. I will offer this to you again. I would love to lend you because I have 15 for Xbox One and PS4. And the combat is a lot like that. It looks a lot like 15s. With the um, like the shadow stepping, and I think that's the 
most fun part about 15 was the combat. It was so fun. And I would love to lend you 15. Just say the word and I will go drive it to your house. Seriously. <laughs> like, just so you could, I don't even care if you play the whole thing, but like, just to get a feeling of it, because unlike 7 Remake, which you played, you know, there is no jumping in 7 Remake, and that's annoying. It really is annoying. Uh, in 15, though, you can jump and basically teleport, and it's just like, so cool it's so so cool um i think you would like it and i think that uh you would find vast similarities just watching trailer again after uh doing some combat in 15. again you don't have to like 15 i know a lot of people didn't but um you know to each his own i totally understand reasoning for not liking it but uh if you ever want to just dabble i'd be happy to drop it off to you let me get through seven remake on hard and then hard. Uh... okay I can maybe work my way back to 15 after that. Okay. But uh, until then, we'll, we'll hold off. How, how about deal? <laughs> deal. <laughs> Is that the only thing that jumped out to you from the presentation? Were you just excited overall? Okay, listen. It took everything in my power to watch the rest of the PS5 showcase. I think <laughs> Miles Morales looked, it looks fun. Gameplay looks but exquisite seeing just like the winter in New York and Miles Morales and just like just all the scenery and just like combat everything looks so cool I tried concentrating I couldn't I couldn't do it that's as far as I got I <laughs> if there would be any game that I would buy the new PS5 or it would be Miles Morales for sure Everything else, it, again, other things looked cool. And then I just like kind of have amnesia because I was so excited about 16 actually like just existing. What about you? You know, I uh, coming out of that presentation, I felt very secure in my belief that I don't need a PS5 for the time being. Like Miles Morales looks fine, but there's also a Spider-Man game that looks pretty good that I've never really gotten through on the PS4. And I do not want to play a Souls game. Like, I know I've tried. I know in my bones, I do not want to play those. And, uh, <laughs> like, okay. weirdly, the one game that I expected them to show that also kind of, like, piqued my interest was Bugsnacks. And okay. it felt like maybe they figured, like, Bugsnacks isn't big enough to rate. But it instead, it left everything feeling like this big, grim, epic, dirty like, uh, you know, we're going to go and like people are going to like die sort of thing. Right. Like, eh, okay, I guess. Like sometimes. It was real. It was real gritty. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Real gritty is a, that's a great way to put it. Like maybe a little bug snacks wouldn't hurt nobody just to like lighten things up a little bit. <laughs> I am so, so agreeing with you on this. I was really into bug snacks when I saw that too. Uh, I, I was surprised that they didn't do that, but I guess they just, they, I think that they were trying to appeal to the adult audience and and create a sense of urgency around getting the PS5 immediately. So they didn't want to. I, I think that that those lighter hearted games and the more colorful fun games can come later when they're pushing for people to buy a PS5 around Christmas for their kids. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Like they didn't even like promote their Astrobot game or their. Uh sackboy game here which like those are kiddier i would imagine and uh yeah so whatever a uh, follow-up question 
what can they show at the uh, Tokyo Game Show that would compel you to get a PS5 sooner than later? I mean, I guess if they said, like, some games were going to be PS5 only, like, <laughs> if there was a new Nier game and they said it was for the PS5 only, or if they said yeah. there was, like, a new Persona game, then, yeah, that would probably move me in that direction. But other than that, I, I feel like anything else I can wait on because I just... I know I already have a bunch of games to play. So, and I know just like in general that in the past I've, I've bought the systems close to launch and then kind of been disappointed when there wasn't much to play. Like I, when I got my switch, like, you know, let's put a pin in the breath of the wild stuff. Let's say even if I had loved breath of the wild for the first, like six months of the system, I didn't really find anything else I would have wanted to play anyway. It wasn't until like Mario Odyssey came out that I finally dug something enough to like really pull the switch out and start using it again so i think i'd rather wait you know at least for a year until some buildup of uh you know titles has occurred uh i'm gonna be doing that too because i did hold off with the switch and i have no regrets i had a a nice big chunky backlog and i still kind of got through everything on the switch uh i think i think that that's a great method with the ps5 because you know that they're going to be coming out with titles and there's going to be a point where you are going to have to get one there is really no need to get one right now if you're not extremely excited and falling over yourself about miles morales and if you are great you know but uh i'm i'm gonna wait too i'm also gonna wait i uh can i can I divert? And you said that you have a big backlog of games to play. Yes. Can we reiterate uh, how many hours of games uh, you have to play? <laughs> <laughs> I just think this is so interesting and great. And uh, I want to hear a little more about it. Well, I, I sat down and I was like, okay, let's assume and being generous and assuming that I have two hours a day to play video games, which is exorbitantly luxurious like for by an adult standards by anyone's standards really and so if we take this year the remaining time in this year and next year that comes out to be like around a thousand hours it's like 930 hours or something it's like so i was like all right let's look at the games i currently have on my shelf that i intend to play and add up the time that is required to beat them per howlongtobeat.com where with that site, people will just like submit their own time spent completing a game. And so it's just like an aggregation of like what uh, people are submitting to that site. So I, I went to the how long to beat and I, you know, did the whole thing. And when I just looked at like the JRPGs and RPGs and stuff, that was over a thousand hours. It was like 1200 hours. Just the RPGs. Yeah, so like, uh, I mean, I can't see them all off the top of my head here, but I had like a couple 3DS games. I had Dragon Age Inquisition. I had The Witcher. I had Legends of the Trail of Cold Steel 1. I had uh, many, many other RPGs listed on there. And that's not even... I only was filtering for games that were like over... 40 hours to beat at this point, mind you, not, not even counting any other games. Mm-hmm. And so I, 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 I've now gone down and now I'm down to like only 900 hours of backlog, which will come down more. It, it, it's almost 
embarrassing to to say that it's 900 hours, but because I'm not, I don't like thinking about spending 900 hours playing games. That seems off. All right, Bill, listen. Okay. So I agree. Two hours a day is, is really hard uh, as an adult, even as a disabled adult, I don't have a nine to five job. I kind of go as I please. And sometimes work is really slow. So I, I mean, I have a lot of time and it still is, is hard, but if you decide to undertake this, then I'm going to go ahead and match you. And I've compiled a list of my games, which I don't have to read right now, but uh, we could go through some other time. And I'm going to raise you all the games that I haven't beat that I own. And I'm going to also add in Persona 5 because it's your favorite game. And I was talking to another friend and it's their favorite game. And I am like, oh, I have to play Persona 5. Uh, So I'm going to add that in there. And then whenever you want to start on your backlog, I'm also going to do this with you so that we could just get it done. I've already started. I uh, <laughs> you, can, you can look at my uh, Nintendo Switch play history recently, and you'll see like I picked up like four different games in the last you know twenty four hours. Twenty four hours? You already started? Okay, I have to catch. I have to catch up. To you. I have to catch up. So I mean, yeah, like uh, I I played a little bit. I mean, you know, were there other games you wanted to talk about right now? Um, not right now. Well, then why don't I just dive into talking about that i can talk about that a little bit here uh i was just kind of bouncing between some switch games to find one that i liked i i started with paper mario the origami king i played that for about an hour and you know i think there is a general consensus out there about paper mario and just like the recent paper mario games in general where it's like they're funny but the combat is not that great and i sort of agree with that I just was having trouble, like, at least so far, with the pacing of the game. I'm sure it'll pick up after a while, but just right now, everything takes so dang long to happen. In what way? Like, setting you up to actually play it? The story itself kind of gets off to a quick start. Like, the the opening is you and Mario and Luigi drive up to the castle in a go-kart, which is pretty funny. And uh, they get there, and everyone's in origami. And it's like, they're, they ask you, would you like to be part of the folded perfection? And then you say no. And they're like, get the ham. And then you run away. And that's the story beginning. <laughs> I love it. It's so dumb. <laughs> I guess, like, I, it's not an RPG as much as I thought it might be. It's not really about, like, building the character Mario or growing their, growing his stats and stuff. It's more, kind of a story it's not like a walking simulator or a visual novel i don't want to like use those phrases but there's only been a couple like fights so far in the first hour and you don't gain levels you don't really have equipment you just kind of do them uh that's interesting i don't know if i like that because where is your sense of satisfaction upon like building you know like leveling up is so important in rpg type games right like for your level of satisfaction yeah i i guess i i don't want it to be just like you have to have levels in an rpg for it to count but you do have to have like ways where you build a character and grow them throughout the game and like as they grow you have like additional options for like how to play them and like how to build their skills and stuff like that and at least so far it's not apparent to me there's really much of that like it's more of like interacting with the environment, talking with people. And that's not 
necessarily bad. It's just not like what I was really looking for or what I maybe even expected coming into the game, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, like, I don't know, as, as far as combat and fights, is there a possibility that that, that hour is more of a setup and then you get more into the nitty gritty as time goes on? Maybe. What I have heard from other people is it does not really get any deeper. Oh, no. Yeah. uh, Like you can buy items to use in battle, but you like don't need to do too much other than the basic combat mechanics, which are kind of funky and, and, you know, they're different. It's like, all the enemies show up on like this grid. It's a group of concentric circles and you have to mm-hmm. move them around on the, the different parts of the circle in order to line them up in like a row or in like the right attack area so that when you attack, you can take them all out at once, which is neat. But if there's not really anything else to do besides that, I don't know how much I'm feeling it. And how can it, how can it become more challenging? Cause it sounds like it, it sounds like a kind of it, once you figure it out, it's not that hard, right? Right, yeah. Hmm. Well, I won't be getting that game. <laughs> so I, I, I put that one down for a bit, and I, I jumped over to Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes, which it kind of has, well, it kind of has the opposite problem where it's like all combat, and mm-hmm. the combat all feels still pretty samey, so I'm not sure how much I'm digging that one. Are you familiar with the No More Heroes franchise? I'm not. I'm actually looking it up as you're talking. So the the basis of the franchise is this guy, Travis Touchdown, and he is an assassin who is trying to make it to the top of the assassin world and be the number one ranked guy by killing all the other assassins that are ranked above him. It's uh, This is a like sequel or continuation of the story from earlier games, at least as far as I could tell, because it starts out with some dude who is not Travis looking at a picture of his daughter and he's like, ah, I'm going to kill Travis touchdown. And then you show up and the, the most interesting part of the game happens where it's like kind of a fourth wall breaking surreal conversation where it's like, Hey, do you really think anyone knows who Travis touchdown still is? And like, literally the one guy like is punching the game screen and causing it to shatter, AKA breaking the fourth wall. So. Uh. <laughs> yeah. uh, so oh. that that was like weird and kind of neat and then yeah. you end up getting sucked into a video game both this other guy and travis and you're playing as travis and you need to uh go and kill like dozens of the same looking type of enemies over and over again and then like you go into another room and then you kill more and you go down a hall and you kill a bunch more so that it once again i, I really hope there's something else to do game because some of the surrealness is funny and interesting to see but right now the the combat is not enough but uh, okay so here's a question you are definitely going to finish all these games on your list though oh hell no oh okay i thought that you were finishing all of them i didn't think that you were dabbling oh seeing if you like them i thought you were finishing all of them oh my god oh wow Uh, (laughs) oh Oh no, die! I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I don't have that kind of willpower. Like okay. this is that feels like work. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to enjoy this. Okay, well, 
Man, I was going to torture myself and finish. No, please don't. Oh my god, please don't. Yeah. I, I I thought that we were. I thought I was like adding incentive by torturing myself with you, like you know, uh, a buddy buddy type of like journey uh, into hell for bad games that you thought were going to be good, like Octopus. Well, I'll tell you, you know, what, how, how about this? So this is something I've batted around with a couple other people, and, and it hasn't ever come to fruition. So let's let's. You and I talk about this. Uh, it's kind of like a a book club where we either like mutually choose a game we're both going to play or you pick a game for me and then I pick a game for you, basically. And we just okay. want to make sure that they're like approximately the same amount of time to beat so we're not like punishing each other. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm into this. All right, well, let's talk about that then. Yeah, we, we don't have to go into it like fully right now. But yeah, that's... Something I've always wanted to do and was never able to like fully get it to work. So yeah, yeah, that's perfect. I think a a, a good thing about this too is that uh, I you have a PS4 and a Switch, but uh, we can we can trade up. I mean, like you know, if one of us has one thing that the other person doesn't, we can also trade up on that. Or if one person is putting someone up to the task of having something they don't have, we can trade up on those. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Love nice. It. I'm in. It's going to be a long winter and I'm strapping in. I'm buying myself <laughs> some cross country skis. I'm going to buy myself some electric body warmer things and I'm going outside and I'm going to play games a whole winter. Ready? Let's do this. Until then, though, there are a couple other games I want to talk about. Uh, so the, the first is this game that I've also been kind of dabbling with as part of the backlog, which is Wargroove. Now, Dai, have you ever played the Advance Wars series of games? I have not. They're a set of tonally dissonant war simulators, tactical RPGs, where, you know, you have an army and you want to, like, move them around the map and conquer the map from your enemy. But it's also, you know, all the characters are these, like, perky anime teens. Okay. So, like... You know, it'll be all these teens like, you know, running entire armies and like they have superpowers and stuff like that that they use to like turn the tide on each other. And, you know, they were uh, pretty popular for a while. They were out on like Boy Advance and the DS and they, they haven't made them for a while because the team that makes those games is also the team that makes the Fire Emblem games. Ah, so, okay. Yeah, you, you see, sense. you see. Yep. Uh, so then in the wake of that, a few different people have, or a few different teams have tried to like kind of fill that void. And there's like another game called Tiny Metal, which is a, a similar idea of a, like maybe a anime-ish characters in a war sim- simulation. And then there's a Wargroove. And Wargroove is a, it's a little slightly different in that it's like a medieval setting where Advanced Wars was like modern military. But mm-hmm. it's uh, like, you know, knights and archers and you know, pikemen and all that maneuvering around a map. And it's the same basic idea. You know, it's a top down view. There are territories you want to capture. There are barracks where you can recruit new units based on how many territories you've captured and you want to take over the map. Sounds like something you would really like. I don't dislike it. I guess (laughs) what I discovered while playing it is, and this is, you know, uh, I think a thing people go through a lot of times, like, Eh, this is good. Kind of makes me just want to play Advance Wars. Ah, <laughs> uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Makes like sense. It, and it is a good execution, a good modern execution of that same style of play. In terms of performance, it performs 
as expected, like no bugs, no like major weird parts. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's not the same. But does the other one have a dog commander? No, it doesn't. And that, that is an important point. Thank you for bringing up that. That, uh, yeah, you get dogs. You can recruit mm-hmm. dogs as part of your army, and you have a dog commander in Wargroove. Very important. And the dog commander in Wargroove is pretty much the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life because it's a realistic-looking dog who's wearing armor and a uh, headpiece. And this dog is a commander. I forget what that breed is, where it's like the, the larger ones that are like platinum blonde or white fur, but they're not golden Great Pyrenees. Pyrenees, that's the one, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. So yeah, I believe that may be a Pyrenees uh, based like on its appearance. <laughs> and uh, that's that's a high point of Wargroove that you will not find in Wars. I don't recall any uh, dog commanders there. So yeah, keep that in mind. Important. But uh, yeah, I, like w- having played it now, I'm not sure. Like I, I played it for you know like three hours, and I'm like, all right, I, I get what this game is trying to do. It, it hasn't really hooked me yet. I think I'm gonna set it down. Uh, I think if I ever wanted to play that again, I would just like get the get the emulator of like Advanced Wars 2 or whatever. I think that's a, a fine plan. And lastly, the final game I wanted to speak about this is a game that you've been playing, Di, with me on stream. But I feel like this is as good a time as any for us to talk about it. And that is Perfect. Risk of Rain. So sweet dry while others feel the pain. Risk of Rain 2. Uh wow. Uh so my friend suggested that we play this on stream and I just kind of went along with this. I did not research the game. I just listened to you guys. I deferred to you without doing a lick of research and I just bought it and did not even know anything of what it was. I didn't realize it was uh, what it was and I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, had you played it before we started streaming it? I had never played it. I had heard of it. I had heard good things of Risk of Rain 1 and like heard that Risk of Rain 2 had turned out pretty well. Uh, I just was looking for, yeah, another game that was uh, available on the Switch, had online multiplayer, and wouldn't break the bank. And like I noticed you know, that Risk of Rain carts on uh, this web- little website, Amazon.com, were going for around like 20 bucks. So I was like, all right, that, that seems like the right price for me. So uh, yeah, I, I, that's why I had uh, pushed for y'all to go ahead and try it. And it has wildly exceeded my most optimistic expectations in terms of fun and like in terms of like involvement. Um, yeah, very happy with it so far. Very happy with it as well. Would I play it by myself and have a lot of fun? Probably not. I think that the fun is in the co-op play and just getting enough buffs for yourself so that your team is better equipped to handle the things. Uh, Also communicating about where we are and where the transporter is and trying to just get to the, to the end of the level and, you know, like cohesively has been so fun. It's so fun to play games like that with, you know, like a voice is necessary in order for you to have the best time. And uh, man, I, I really like it a lot. I'm glad we started streaming it. Yeah, it's it's got a bit of a barrier to entry in that like when we first started playing, our first time out, we were like, what is happening? Why are we doing this? Where are we going? What what should we do? And like the game does not really tutorialize anything. It's just like, all right, you're on a map. Go go explore. 
But like right? now that we have a little bit under our feet where it's like, basically when you play, you, you start out on this map and you have to go find the teleporter. When you find the teleporter, a boss appears, you kill the boss and then you go on the teleporter and you go to the next level and repeat it. But like the stuff that we're finding with like the blue teleporters and the, the special coins and like the, we're, we're still trying to figure out how to beat the game and like what artifacts are. We haven't found an artifact yet. We don't know what wow. an artifact is. So there's no explanation for any of these things. So it's a slow learning. But as we learn together, it's been super fun to not have that explanation just kind of thrown at us because we don't need to know that. We will explore that and discover. But yeah, also, um, there was a bit of a learning curve for sure. And I mean, we sucked bad the first time around. (laughs) We had no idea what we were doing, but we also didn't realize that it, it increases in... I think that is a part of it that I really, really enjoy. It's the longer that you're on the map, the harder it gets. Yes. Yeah. I, I, that's a very novel system. And uh, it's made it for uh, a good, like, strategic moment for us where it's like, you know, we're, we're walking around and, like, maybe we don't want to find the teleporter right away. Maybe we just want to, like, go and, like, run all over the map and, like, unlock all the treasure chests and, like, find all the items that we can and bulk up a bit there before we go to the teleporter and beat the boss and move on. But then sometimes we're like, ah, we're kind of in over our heads here. We need to like, just go to the teleporter now and take our chances. And you know, there's like, no, there's nothing to tell us uh, what the best thing to do in this situation is. And I like that we have to guess and we have to, you know, agree on doing that. And I think that's super cool. I love games like that where they're co-op games. It's, you know, four versus everyone and I mean, it's it's not it's not easy. And I love games that aren't easy. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like Borderlands or Destiny, like what I imagine those are and like distills it into like one like 45-minute play session. <laughs> right. That's awesome. So, uh, I didn't realize that you could beat the game. Uh, do you think you can? Right before uh, we were recording, I was listening to another uh, the Giant Bombcast, and one of the people on there had played Risk of Rain 2 and was like a little deeper in. So, he mentioned that one of the things with. Uh, so, the, this actually only just came out on the Switch. Before that, it was in early access on the computer. And so, like, mm-hmm. when it went to 1.0, when they put it on the Switch, they added the final boss. So that, yes, there is a way to fight a final boss. And uh, as he described it, I'm going to drop my no profanity uh, rule here and say, said the boss is a motherfucker. <laughs> Fantastic. He I also said where we can find goal. artifacts. I'm sorry, go on, please. I, I think that's a great goal to shoot for is beating the boss together. Uh, yeah, please. I want to know anything, anything about art, artifacts. Like we, we can, I think we can get to artifacts. They're out there. What he, what, uh, what he told me, what he told me, what he mentioned in the podcast made it sound very doable to get artifacts. So uh, we'll just have to keep on the lookout. Ooh. Okay. I I'm expecting a full rundown on this on Thursday. Okay. It's a deal. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that's pretty much what I've been playing. I mean, I've been playing some StarCraft 2 also, if you've been watching my stream. But I, I already did kind of one report on that, and I want to do one more 
once I finish the campaign, which will require a few more weeks. Okay. But I do. I'm having a good time with it so far. That's fantastic. Uh, it looks pretty fun. It is. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's not really the type of game that you see anymore in terms of uh, how it works. It's kind of an artifact from an earlier time, but it's still good. Did, did we miss anything? Did, was there anything else you wanted to cover? Are we close to this? Um, I think that we're close to the end. There's other things I've been playing, but I am not, uh, I'm not ready to talk about Super Mario 3D All-Stars yet. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I think that we'll, that we'll save them. Save them for future. Alrighty. Well, in that case, then just thank you very much for coming on. Uh, if you want people to find you anywhere online, can they find you? Thank you for having me. Uh, you can see my work at diebillick.com. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at diebillick. Awesome. As for us, we can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, we're so many bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at so many bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review or download from Simplecast or stream via Spotify. We play games, twitch.tv slash so many bits, Wednesday and Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, Wednesdays usually for single player experiences, Thursdays for multiplayer, and occasionally mixing some other nights in there when I can. And last but not least, thank you very much for listening. Have a great summer.